0: Mark chapter 13, if you have your Bibles, Mark 13, I uh, wanted to uh, minister again on some of the things that are going on in the uh, the Middle East, but not in the sense like I did before by trying to identify and help you understand who Hamas is, who has is, the players and all the things that are going on. This is a little different sermon, and and there's a reason why I'm preaching this. I've entitled this sermon, The Birth Pains Have Begun. Now, that's not to say that we haven't been in the end times and, and that things have been heating up for years and years and all of different kinds of things have been coming together from the earthquakes to the IDF chips that they can now put in that would obviously be the mark of the beast and uh, different other things that would create uh, these kinds of atmospheres, the Internet uh, that gives the prophecy for when the prophets are killed in Jerusalem in the midpoint of the tribulation, the opportunity for all the world to see it. That we didn't have that before. They, You know, even with television, things were limited, things were... Uh, uh, time was involved and such, but now, uh, you know, I'm in India, halfway around the world, uh, plus, I think it's, it, it's, it's, uh, the way we went is 14 time zones, so it's a little bit, we're almost coming back. And I could, uh, you know, because it was the middle of the night and, uh, we've got these new vacuum cleaners here and one would error and I, I would get an error message. And I could log into the camera, see what was going on in this room and fix the vacuum cleaner in the middle of the night. From halfway around the world. That's fascinating to me. Then the seventh happens. The Israelis are calling it their 9 Nearly 8 in 10 Americans fear the war that erupted this week between Israel and Hamas will lead to a broader war in the Middle East, according to the latest poll by PBS NewsHour and NPR. With 7 in 10 U.S. adults saying that they are closely following what happens, the anxiety about further escalation is shared across political affiliations, geographic gender race income education and age means that this has no barriers whatsoever over one uh, a third of the us adults said they were very concerned about wider violence in the east in the region according to this poll now i believe some of them understand the biblical implications of what's happening that obviously there's all sorts of prophecies in Israel, and when Israel's in the middle of anything, you have to look and see what prophecies are happening. Jesus is asked by four of the disciples, John, James, Peter, and Andrew, about some of the signs that will be happening And he makes a very interesting statement in this. Mark 3, Mark 13, beginning in verse 3. Later, Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives across from the valley. From the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew came to him privately and asked him, tell us, when will these things happen? He's just talked about this temple being destroyed. What signs will show us that these things are about to be fulfilled? Jesus replied and said, do not let uh, anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah, and they will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and the threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, and the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation. And kingdom against kingdom. And there'll be earthquakes in many parts of the world. And there'll be as well as famines. But this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. I want to talk to firstly about the first of the birth pains. This is not the end. This is not the uh, any significant prophecy event that happened this week. It's not one of the wars or the situations that is mentioned in Scripture. It is just a mark or the intensity of our day. Now, we all know that right now there's numbers of minor conflicts going on in the world, and I was actually reading and surprised how many that the Wagner Group is actually responsible for in Africa, how they've created unrest in Central Republic and some other places in Africa and created that. But two major other conflicts are going on. One is bleeding into this, which is the war in Syria. The U.S. has increased its presence in the nation of Syria that Donald Trump had tried to take us out of because it's a really not a winnable situation, given that Russia's in there, There, are all the proxies are fighting in there, Russia and Iran, and there's all sorts of other things. Israel's got some influence in there. There's all sorts of issues going on underneath. Turkey has bombed, and just numbers of things are happening. And, of course, the war in the Ukraine, which... Vladimir Putin's a master when the world is looking one way, he then tries something else. He invaded the nation of Georgia the day the Beijing Olympics started. He is a master at that. Wars are not new. We just haven't had a major conflict in a long time. Our wars of recent times, like the Gulf War and uh you know uh Gulf War One and Gulf War Two, uh, you know Afghanistan, yes, we had casualties, and I'm not displaying that. There were lots of valiant men and women who gave their lives, but they were not as intense as, say, the First or Second World War. It didn't require anything of us civilians, really, where those wars did. So wars aren't new. The issue is the intensity and the chaos in the world. Matthew 24, Luke 21, are sister chapters to Mark 13. They're all the same course with some different things emphasized in each one of them. Luke says of this time, he says, there'll be strange signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and on earth, the nations will be in turmoil, perplexed by the roaring seas and the strange tides. Now some of that may be environmental, but some of that is just metaphorically speaking of the shifting tides and such uh, of the politics of the day as things realign as the mark of this the stage right now in Taiwan and China, and there's saber-rattling there, as China has literally built military islands in the middle of the South China Sea, that things are happening right now, and there's all sorts of subtle things happening, shifts and wars and things going on, and things are about ready. As they heat up, Jesus tells us that this is going to happen. He says, but they're the beginning of birth pains. They're not necessarily the end. First Thessalonians 5, speaking of the rapture, says, Now concerning how and when these things will happen, dear brothers and sisters, you really don't need me to write to you, for you know quite well that the day of the Lord will come unexpectedly, like a thief in the night. When people are saying everything is peaceful and secure, then disaster will fall upon them. Suddenly, as a pregnant woman's labor pains begin, and there will be no escape. But you are not in darkness that uh, about these things, dear brothers and sisters. You won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like a thief. In the night, we're going to look, numbers of the scriptures of rapture talk about war or destruction. And it's very fascinating to know that Jesus is warning us because some people are going to panic. Douglas Adams was an English author. He wrote a series, a very strange series that I actually liked called Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And the book, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, simply was the best-selling book in the universe because on its cover it said, don't panic. That was the mantra or the intro to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Don't panic. That's what Jesus is telling us. These things are happening. Don't panic. They're going to happen. Don't panic. The birth pains are happening. Don't panic. See, Jesus is telling us this because people are going to get nervous. I mean, I can't imagine not knowing what the Bible says, or even worse, being a backslider, knowing what the Bible says, Coming out of the pandemic and into this. As an unbeliever, that would be frightening. To some believers, that will be frightening. Verse seven, you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Or the King James, New King James says, Tru- don't be troubled. The word literally means to be frightened especially in the mind or overly alarmed to be on hype Jesus is warning us that in the last days these things are going to intensify and that I think part of that is simply the fact that war has, you know man has created some amazing ways to kill people It used to be, you know, if you saw a movie like Braveheart or something like like that, they would actually have to go face-to-face with swords and beat each other. Now you can do it on the other side of the world through a drone strike. And film the whole thing while you're doing it. TikTok and YouTube and all of these kinds of venues, Telegraph and all of these have been used now. And horrific videos have been put out there of actual moments as things have happened. They're disturbing. I'm going to warn you not to get too caught up in all of them, because they're going to mess with your mind. Because this is the day we live in. The images are out there, horrific images that, you know, back in the day, news, especially in the United States, would censor it. They wouldn't show you the actual dead bodies. But now, not only can you see the dead bodies, you can actually see the moment they were killed. Jesus said in John 14, 1, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. And trust in me also. Luke tells us, 21, 26 through 28, People will be terrified by what they see coming on the earth. For the powers of the heaven will be shaken, and everyone will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great glory. So when these things begin to happen, stand up. Stand and uh, stand and look up, for your salvation is near. Panic is going to be part of the last days. The birth pains. The unsurety. Now, I know some of you are going to be shocked when I make this statement, but just bear with me. I've never had a baby. I know, I know you're shocked. But, you know, I know that things can seem very normal and then all of a sudden they're not. My daughter, when she had her second baby, uh, she Serena, she called us. It was two in the morning in our time. We actually were getting up. We were going to London for a rally that day uh, and uh, we were in Cork, Ireland. We were flying over to London to be involved in the rally. And and so it was 3 o'clock in her time, and she called us, and she said, Mom, I don't feel quite right. And then all of a sudden, she stopped talking. And my wife's like, half awake, half asleep, but she's like, Car- Carly, 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 Carly. And about a minute later, Carly came back, and she said, if you're in that much pain that you can't talk, you need to go to the doctor right away. True story, my daughter... They take my grandson, they take him to drop him off, they get to the hospital. There's three steps, just like this. She's standing there and she goes, Desmond, I can't go up the steps. And so Desmond, being the husband, runs in there. He's going to get a wheelchair. It's in the morning. And my daughter can't wait. She actually had the baby right there at the steps. True story. Birth pains can come very suddenly. There's all sorts of things that can happen and terrify people. I'm going to just again encourage you, don't give your mind over to this stuff too much. The details. Amir Zafate is a great source of information in small bits. And just so you know, he's also a propaganda tool for the Israeli government. He finds out information that others don't. And I believe the Israeli government feeds him because he has such an in with the Christians in the United States and around the world. It's a political move on their part. He takes it because it's Bible prophecy and he's able to turn it for great things. To great understanding. Jesus also said these things must take place, but the end will not follow immediately. We're not at Bible prophecy like this is that of Peter, Acts chapter two, where you can say this is that. It's not Psalms 83. Because Psalms 83 had to do with nation states that bordered Israel that have to do with the 67 war and the Yom Kippur 1972 war. That was that. This is not that. Now they're at peace with Jordan. For the most part with Syria, but that's going to blow up. In and of itself, we'll get to that in just a minute. But they're at peace with Egypt, again, for the most part. There are certain destructions of things that have to happen, alliances that are not yet fully formed. This is not the end. This is not Ezekiel 38 and 39. This is not a specific war that you can look at. We know that some things have to happen. About a year and a half ago, I preached a three Sunday night series on Egypt, Syria, and Russia. I want to remind you about Syria. Isaiah 17, 1 and 2. This is the message that came concerning Damascus. Look, the city of Damascus... Will disappear. It will become a heap of ruins and the towns of Aor will be deserted. Flocks will graze in the streets and lie down undisturbed and no one will chase them away. This tells us that Damascus has to be destroyed. Damascus is the longest inhabited city in the earth right now. Longest continually inhabited city in the earth. The residents of Damascus, it's no longer the population center because of the civil war that has gone on for almost 10 years now. That has dwindled down and such. But the... This tells us that it will disappear. We get a clue on what might happen because Aor, this is actually the valley of the Jordan River. That's the area it's talking about, that it will no longer be inhabited. This is the possibility and the large possibility of some weapon of mass destruction, either chemical Or more likely, nuclear. That will go off in Damascus. Now whether that will be a dirty bomb, that the terrorists, like the hospital that was hit today, was actually Hamas's missiles that hit it, they're blaming Israel, but it was Hamas's missiles. Or, whether Israel will take it out, as they bombed the airport recently, I don't know. But the fallout will be such that it will affect northern Israel. That whatever the issue is of this weapon that creates Damascus to be no more, the fallout will definitely affect northern Israel. That has yet to happen. That hasn't happened yet. In the Magog, thirty-eight, thirty-nine. Magog, which is a city that became Makha. It's basically Moscow. Gog is a leader. Whether that's Putin or not, I can't tell you. But God draws them down in an alliance with a whole bunch of other nations. But two of the nations that are missing are Egypt and Syria. Isaiah 19 talks about a civil war that will break out in Egypt, that will create it to no longer be effective. And so I can't tell you exactly how these things are going to happen and where and I have my beliefs. I definitely believe that Isaiah's prophecies will happen before Ezekiel's because it doesn't make sense that if all the Arab nations are moving on Israel, that Egypt and Syria uh, Syria will sit on the sidelines unless they just don't exist anymore. That's what makes the most sense. But they're not happening. They're going to happen. That's why Jesus said when you hear the things we're hearing and people are panicking, it's not the end yet. It's not even close to the end. Let me lay out a few scenarios. Because God, He uses this word specifically, birth pains. Because God is birthing something in the earth. I don't know if you understand all the Dynamics that was lost when Adam and Eve sinned. This is not even close to the way God had ever intended the issues of planet Earth. And the climax of iniquity. The fact that sin grows, whether that is personally We all did, you know, we all did something and said, well, I'll do this, but I'll never do that. And then we found ourselves doing that. And then we began to push the line further down. Well, I won't do that, you know. That's the mystery of iniquity also grows in a society or in the world. But God is moving us into his kingdom. I want to talk about three events that are being birthed. Because Jesus said the mark of the last days, in verse 5 and 6, Jesus replied, Don't let anyone mislead you or deceive you. For many shall come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah, and they will deceive many. Deception is going to be rampant. And so in this, I want to just talk about, real quickly, three events that are going to happen. One is the rapture. Jesus is going to remove his people before the real judgment starts. We're hearing of wars and rumors of wars. We're troubled. There's different problems in the earth. There are no doubts. And we live in America. We're pretty safe. Canada's not really gearing up to invade us in the near future, right? We're not really dealing with that. Neither is Mexico, right? We're not dealing. Yeah, porous borders and all I get it. I. But you know, they're maybe invading us one at a time rather than an army. I get that. But you know what? They're, it's not military. It's not like seizing. Or we're afraid. So I get that. But Jesus tells us, as well as the other authors of the Bible, that before the judgment, the real judgment, the book of Revelations and Daniel and those kinds of things happen, he's going to remove us first. Matthew tells us this, Matthew twenty-four thirty-eight through 42. And in the days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up until the time that Noah entered the boat. The people didn't realize what was going to happen until the floods came and swept them all away. That is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. Two men will be working in the field, one will be taken and another left. Two women grinding flour at the mill, one will be taken and the other left. So you too must watch, keep watch and don't, for you don't know the day when your Lord is coming. Luke 17 puts it this way, the world, this Luke 17, 28 and 29 And the world will be as in the days of Lot when the people went about their business, eating and drinking, buying and selling, farming and building, until the morning Lot left Sodom. Then the fire and burning sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. Before the real intensity starts, we're out of here. That's biblical. Noah, before the rains, things were wicked, things were heating up, things were going on. Lot, Sodom and Gomorrah, famous for their iniquity and all the perversion and all the insanity that was going on. Lot is removed before the judgment comes. One of the deceptions is we're going through the tribulation. You don't have to be afraid of a mark of the beast. It doesn't apply to us because we're gone before the Antichrist can do that. In fact, we're what's holds him back. We can't be, we can know. You don't have, the Mormons are survivalists. They're a survivalist cult. Buy cans, food, lots of ammunition, lots of guns. Make sure you have, I, you know, I'm all, we live in America, you can have a second amendment, have a gun. Have two. Have a couple. Have a lot. Like, I don't know, some people in our church do. Whatever. I'm a guitar guy, not a gun guy, but i got a gun or two, or three, or more. But I'm not a survivalist. I'm not storing up canned food in the basement. I'm not trying to, you know, dig a bomb shelter and and have a place to... You know, I saw a great bumper sticker once that said, I'll try to act disappointed when the zombie apocalypse starts. Right? That, but there's some of you, they're into it. It's like, you know what? I'm not into it. We're out of here before the major judgment. And besides... I don't know if I really want to be around and survive with the survivalists. Just saying. Second Peter 3.10, but the day of the Lord will come unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise and the, el- the very elements itself will disappear in fire and the earth and everything that on it will be found to deserve judgment. Many believe Peter is talking about a nuclear explosion. The heavens, the sky will pass away. The mushroom cloud. But that only comes after the Lord comes like a thief in the night. Anytime you read the terminology thief in the night, that's about the rapture. An unexpected time the removal then we're going then the next stage is what's called the great tribulation Matthew 24:21 and then there'll be great tribulation such as not been seen from the beginning of the world until this time nor shall ever be Revelation two twenty two, Jesus is talking to one of the churches. He uses the term Great Tribulation. In Revelation four in Revelation seven fourteen it talks about the hundred and forty four evangelists that are risen up out of Israel that go preach the gospel throughout the world, they're martyred, and they will be mentioned as those who came out of the Great Tribulation. The tribulation, without getting into all the details, is seven years. It is called and referred to in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 30, verse 7, as Jacob's trouble. Daniel 9 tells us that the Antichrist will sign a treaty with Israel, thus beginning the seven years when that treaty is signed, that treaty will not be signed until before we're gone. We have to be gone for Him to rise to the power to take over. Many believe that this treaty will involve and come out of the war of Ezekiel 38-39 when the Islamic nations are destroyed, most likely the mosque... uh, that sits on the, uh, the mosque, uh, Allah, Al, whatever it is. Uh, that sits uh, where the temple should be. That he'll give them in the treaty the permission to rebuild their temple. He'll set up his image halfway through. He'll betray him, pr- betray them. It's the tribulation that marks that has the revelation. Judgments of the seals and the bowls and the thunders and the trumpets. That those things are going to happen on the earth, but we're not going to be here for that. It goes through all of that. It ends in climaxes in the valley of Megiddo, or as we call it in Revelation 16.16, 16, and they gather to the place that is called in Hebrew, Armageddon. That's at the end of the tribulation. We're not here for that. We're not going to be here for the tribulation. As long as you don't backslide, you're not going to be here for the tribulation. Let me phrase that in. You don't have to worry about that. So you're hearing about wars and rumors. Don't panic. We're out of here long before it gets really bad. After that, Jesus is going to come and set up his millennial kingdom. This will make sense for some scriptures. and In Revelation 20, and I'll just go through this real quickly, but it says that Jesus will reign on the earth for a thousand years. Satan will be bound. The sinners who died will not yet be resurrected. It will only be the saints that came back with Jesus... Those that survived the uh, tribulation and all of that, that will go on and have children populate the earth again. After a thousand years, Satan will be loosed, deceive nations. Magog and uh, a couple of other, Magog and Magog will, uh, speaking again of probably a leader that rises up, rebel against God one final time. Then will be the last final judgment. Sinners will be judged. From there, we don't really have a clue of what happens. But this is the scriptures. Like in Isaiah 11, that people love to quote, but they always scratch their head. What do you mean the wolf will live with the lamb? And the leopard will lie down with the young goat and the calf and the young lion will will literally nurse together, and the child will lead them, and the cow will go grazing with the be- and uh, the cow and the bear will shall graze, and the young ones will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox, and the nursing child can play by the cobras uh, the cobras hole, and when the weaned child puts his hand in the viper's den, it will not hurt them. And people go. Well, that sounds really poetic. And that, that's the tribulation. That's the millennium. That's what we're going. That's where we're going with this. That'll be a glorious time. There'll be no more death, sorrow, pain. These will all pass away. That's why Jesus said, "Don't panic. These birth pains have to happen." This actually should give us tremendous hope and confidence that these events that we're going to see, Damascus and is in the, is the Russian alliance with Iran and all of that were prophesied thousands of years ago. God knows exactly what he's doing and where he's taking us. That should give us a hope. 1 Thessalonians 1, 9 and 10, For they themselves declare what manner of entry we had to you, how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, to wait for his Son from heaven who raised us from the dead, even Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. That's encouraging. People waiting for Jesus to come. I know these events, can they can fry your brain if you give yourself over to them too much. But the great thing is, Jesus is coming. And that's why he said in verse 7, don't panic. These things must take place. In Luke chapter 21, he warned us, don't let your heart be weighed down with carousing in the cares of this life that the day of the Lord comes upon you unexpectedly. It's going to come and it's going to catch the whole world like a bear caught in a snare trap. It's the imagery that Jesus uses. But he says the danger to the believer is that your heart gets weighed down in the midst of wars and pandemics and earthquakes and political insanity, that we can begin to think. He says, pray that you're worthy to escape the things, the tribulation that's going to happen. It should also give us a great confidence in God. He knows what he's doing. He said these things were going to happen, and he warned you. You know, it's not like a nurse. And, you know, nurses are good people. I, 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 you know, my daughter-in-law is a nurse. I, my mother-in-law was a nurse. I, I like nurses. But they lie, and they go, this will only hurt a little. Right? It's a lie. Jesus is telling us honestly these things are going to happen. It probably is going to get more insane. It's probably going to get more crazy. It's probably, you know, who knows what Hezbollah and Iran are going to do? Who knows what Syria is going to do? Who knows how it's all going to play out for Damascus to be destroyed? Russia's alliance, how the war in Ukraine... I don't know! Will, will, you know, how soon will China move on Taiwan? It's not a question of if, it's a question of when. How, when will they do it? I don't know. But I have confidence in God that He already knew these events were going to happen. He names leaders. The governor of Israel, basically the prime minister of Israel will be, he'll be a fireball. Is that Netanyahu? He does fit the bill, but I don't know if it's him or not. A supreme leader will rise up in Russia. Gog, is that Putin? I don't know. He does fit the bill. Where's the United States? Eventually we're taken out by the, either by war or by economic or political demise. Yes, the United States is not seen in prophecy. I would like to believe like some preach. You know what? Hey, everybody's going to get saved in America when the rapture happens. There's going to be nobody left. I'd like to believe that. But you know what? I've seen weird Hollywood. This place gets weirder by the minute. But Jesus is still seated on the right hand of the throne of God. Don't panic. He said, you take the lesson from the fig tree. When the branches bud and the leaves begin to sprout, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see all these things taking place, you can know that his return is very near right at the door. The other great thing about this, and I just want to also close with this, is people are going to have questions like never before. These things are stirring the earth. They're stirring people, hearts. And I don't know all the answers. I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know how, I, like I said, I know these things will happen. I don't know if it's Putin or it might be, it might not be. I don't know if it's Netanyahu. It might be or it might not be. I don't know how the United States withers away. Is it our $32 trillion in debt and the thing folds like a house of cards? I don't know. Is it another way? Is it a war? Or is it some kind of way that we're taken? I don't know. I know we're not in prophecy. That's all I can tell you. But, I also know what 1 Peter 3.15 says. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And when someone is uh, about to ask your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. You know what? The world's going insane. Things are exploding everywhere. Hamas is doing this, and Iran is doing that, and Russia is doing that. And you know what? i got great hope. Why? Because I know the author, the one who told us all these things are going to happen anyway... Thousands of years ago, and that that hope as a believer, you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have all the details. And you know, I remember back in 1991 when Saddam Hussein went into Kuwait and the world went over to get him out, and George Bush said, "This is a new world order," and everybody went, "This is it." It's like it's not even close. We weren't even close, and if you knew Bible prophecy, you knew that we weren't even close. But, another step towards the prophecies. And I know at the end, Revelation 22, the last, the angel shows John the river. It flows out of the throne of God. On its banks, grow the tree of life, the very tree that God was scared they would eat of after eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and never die. And it makes a tremendous statement of that, that that tree, the leaves were used for medicine, for the healing of the nations. That ain't coming tomorrow. But it is coming. And that's the hope that we can hang on to. So as you hear these things, I am just, again, want to impress on you, don't dwell on this like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Are we safe? Should I have another baby? Should we, you know, take it do this? You know Live life, man. Don't panic. Just live your life. Because you know what? God already told us these things are going to happen. He's going to take care of you. If he told us these things are going to happen, and you believe him, he's going to take care of you. And at the end of it, we're out of here anyway. Before the in- totally insane stuff happens. So in this moment, don't panic. The birth pains have begun, yes. Yes. Last month's been pretty intense. And I don't see it getting any less intense. The picture of birth pains is they start slow. And when they become within two minutes of each other and are intense, you know what's happening. So I've been told. That's what we're seeing now. This is just another birth pain. I don't know how this will play out. This might end up just going all the way. I don't know. But the pains have begun. Let's bow our heads for just a moment. That's the great promise that we have as believers. Jesus gave us that promise so that you and I don't panic at a moment like this. Or in the next moment, Changing your plan, changing this—you know. Oh no, we're we're gonna—we're live your life, enjoy. Don't panic. But if you're not a believer, it is a great time to panic because these things are happening, and it's only going to get worse, and we are going to go and to the place where. These wars are going to happen. Damascus will be destroyed. The alliance between Russia and Iran and the other Muslim nations will happen. These things were prophesied. But as a believer, I have confidence that one, God already knows what He's doing. And two, if He knows and said that these things will happen, what His Word says is absolute. Jesus also said, "You must be born again." That's why, in this time, don't—if you're a believer, don't panic. But if you're not saved, it's time to really think about what's happening. Because on the other side of it, these events can happen very suddenly and very quickly. And as we're seeing today, things can ramp up very quickly. And so, if you're here and you're not a believer, Happening so fast. You need to pray. You want to get your heart right, slip up your hand and pray for me. Pastor, I need to get my heart right. I'm not right. I'm not saved. I'm not a Christian. It's not to scare you. Backslide because fear and panic are going to grab a hold of people. Backslide, slip up your hand. For me. Changing the call then to Christians. You are saved on panic and be ready to answer people when they ask, What's the hope in you? The world's going to hell in a handbasket. How have hope. How come you are not panicking like everyone else? Eight in ten Americans. One third are actually losing sleep over this. That'll tell you something. That's why Jesus said, the pain's you. Don't "Let's all stand these altars." give him praise. Let's worship him. Father, we love you. Thank God. Don't